Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. How many like secrets? How many like secrets? You're like, I'm too old for secrets. No, 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 no. The older I get, the more I can see people working and making it in life, the more I want to know how they did what they did. Does that make sense? Professionals who have made it, uh, maybe a a marriage that you look up to, a parenting, you know, there's a secret there and you're realizing, okay, you know something I don't know. Come on, does that make sense? And there is a secret and and I want to know the secret to this success. I want to know the secret to this marriage. I want to know a secret to the your your parenting. I want to know a secret to, I want to know this secret um, for many of us who are Hog fans. Uh, I'm sure that, listen, I am not an Alabama fan at all, but I think Nick Saban has some secrets. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I think that he has some secrets, and if we could just go and meet with him, come on somebody, for like a couple weeks and just shadow him and do everything that he does, maybe we could bring some of that, you know, juice back over here and uh, we could all put our hog gear back out. You know what I'm saying? Like secrets. Uh, if you were going to write a sci-fi uh, fiction story, um, and you guys might want to check the air. It may be starting to get cold here. But um, if you're going to uh, write a sci-fi fiction novel, I would think that George Lucas would have some secrets. Uh, my family is watching these every now and then. We're watching Star Wars and and for some of them, it's funny because I'm like, how have you been in my house this long and you've not watched this? And my kids are like, what happens next? And I'm like, if you watch the movie, <laughs> you won't know. But, but here's the thing is, is I would think that he has secrets. He wrote this all, village and all these stories and all these people and all this. And I would think that he has some secrets. Well, here's the thing is that God has secrets. God has secrets that he wants to give to his children and and based on how you grew up, if you were in uh, church or not, uh, these secrets, when they were made known to us, are called revelation. Revelation. And, and so you'll hear someone, man, I got a revelation. What is that? I got, uh, I, I got the perspective, but I also began to implement that in my life, and now I'm living on a new concept. Does that make sense? And so... Revelation happens when we have a deeper relation with the Lord, and when revelation is is confirmed by His Word, but it also is confirmed when we begin to trust it, trust, uh, a trust for Him. And so what we know is when we begin to operate on these secrets, there's always a blessing and there's always a reward, always, always. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about a few secrets, and what we're going to talk about is the secrets of living generous, uh, of a generous living, L- secrets of how, how do we begin, how do we live generously. Um, and, and I want to read two, two verses for you as we start out. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 14 says, but I say this, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, but he who sows bountifully, everybody say bountifully, will reap bountifully. So let each one give what he's purposed in his heart, 
not begrudging or out of necessity, for God loves a, what does it say? Cheerful giver. I love the way we do our offering. I love the way we do our tithe time. And we're going to talk a little bit about money, but it's really not. We're just going to use it as an object lesson because I think that what you're going to see as we walk through scriptures is every, God used tangible things to show us spiritual truths. That because we, we didn't have spiritual perception, so he would always say the kingdom of God is like this. Oh, it's like that. Not really like that, but I'm using that to describe something inter- eternal in your life. Um, and so I love the way we do offering. We come down as room- roommates and families and life groups, and we come down and we connect and we pray. And, and I love that. But I'm conflicted. Because in a moment, there are some of us that, you know, I grew up, man, this is a worshipful moment. I love that, and that's why we do it. But there's a part of me that wants to put on Pharrell. You know what I'm saying? And like put on the disco light and play happy. You know what I'm saying? Y'all acting to be like, y'all never heard that song. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Like and put money in the in, up here and all of us like, hey, whoa, come on. What's up? Boom. You know what I'm saying? Like, like because there's this idea that I'm bringing my offering. But the Bible says that there is should be this cheerfulness because when we have a revelation of what giving does, it is not something that's being taken from me. And it ain't taxes. Come on, sorry. It's not what's being taken from me. It's what God is allowing me to steward because God has something more for me. Does that make sense? It's different. Proverbs 11, chapter 24 through 26 says, says this. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are, what does it say? Helped. Those who help others are helped. Okay, let's talk about the secrets. What if I could tell you a secret that would help your health, your moods, your joy, your current finances, while at the same time, check this out, build influence with other people? You would want to know that secret, right? You would want to know that secret, is that right? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, here's the thing, is uh, we are called to be generous and we are going to do a series, not because we want something from you, we, we want something for you. We, we want something for you. See, every believer, the goal is to build deeper trust. And the road to trusting God starts with our money. It doesn't start with your heart. It starts with your money. In fact, a couple weeks ago, we talked about the rich young ruler. And, and remember, money is a symbol. It's a symbol. It's, it, okay? And so here's the thing is the rich young ruler and Jesus were having dialogue. This guy travels. Dun, 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 dun. I'm here. I want to. Master, hey. And he's like, okay, cool. Have you obeyed the commandments? He's like, yeah. And, and so there's this idea that he's saying my heart is good. I'm good in here. And so Jesus says, go give away everything that you have. Oh, I'm not really that good. In fact, in here, I kind of wanted eternal life 
for me and my motives on coming isn't really the correct motive and now you've uncovered, does it make sense? My true heart and how did we uncover the true heart is because you started talking about my money. Does it make sense? And so for us, there is this idea and and. Everything for Christianity, listen, is completely opposite than culture. So anything that culture does, you have to know, listen, culture is not an enemy to God. We're, I, we're not trying to raise picketers here. Does that make sense? We're, we are in the world, the Bible says, but we are not, come on, of it. In it, not of it. So we're not trying to tear it down. We're trying to get the word of God in us, the Holy Spirit through us, so that we can bear fruit in a system, does that make sense, that's different than the kingdom. Does that make sense? Okay, look, look at this. I want to show you this. So there is God's plan, and then there is the enemy's plan. So let, let's walk through this. Our world says, you do you. You do you, baby. Give your time, your focus, and your heart because the goal is make, come on, help me. Uh, this service can read, right? Okay. <laughs> the goal is what? To make money. To make money. God says it's completely opposite. You are here to build the kingdom of God on this earth and I want you, listen, to become a giver. And so here's the deal. I'm going to start with your money. I'm going to get your heart. I'm going to change your focus. You're going to invest the time. And you're going to become, listen, a giver. An influence maker. Someone who changes the game for other people. Rather, Come on, help me. Is this good? Yeah. You see, our world says trust yourself, but God says trust me. And the reason there's such this, I, I, I'm going to say even just wall that goes up. When we begin to talk about money or investment or giving or serving on a team or whatever, that wall goes up and it gets heavy because here's the, we're now dealing with the fact of what do we trust? What do I trust? And so now, let's unpack that. God is saying, trust me. Trust with me with your money. If you'll manage it the way I've asked you to manage it and steward it, then here's what, you'll be an investor in the kingdom because my principles, come on, somebody, work. If you'll trust me with your heart, then what will happen is I will begin to touch it. I'll begin to heal it. I'll begin to start moving, come on, in your heart. Focus. Focus. When our focus gets off, you can always know. Come on. In relationships, in friendships, in business. Have you ever had someone who underperformed and you're like, what's going on? You can tell their, fo their, their focus is not in it. Well, if their focus is off, their heart is distracted. You can always know. Uh, we got a deeper issue. No, no, no. I got to teach them to focus. No, well, something's going on with their heart. Something's going on with their heart. Listen. Look at this. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. For all of us, we can get so distracted. I meet people all the time. 
who are constantly distracted and they, they can't see the blind spot. They can't see it. I mean, there's a story about a guy named Samson in the Bible who was gifted at birth to be, have this just supernatural strength. And yet he got into one compromising position after another. And where were the people that said, bruh, you strong, but you dumb. You can't go, but bruh, don't go sleep with that girl. I'm telling you, I'm telling you she won't cut your hair off. You keep messing with her, I'm telling you. She won't get, I'm just telling you, that's not a good relationship. You are, not, listen, I'm not, we're not judging. You just not eat really oak. I'm telling you, you jump in there, you go, I'm telling you. Watch. But because he was so gifted, a lot of people don't, don't really you know, help people because we're so gifted that we think our gift somehow supersedes, listen, listen, obedience. As gifted as you are, as intelligent you are, as smart as you are, as great as you are, come on, your gift will never exceed obedience. People break focus all the time. You got 10 M&Ms. You put two over here. 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 How many are you left with? Some of you are like, uh, can you, can you give me the equation again? Two. Two. You're left with two. And so people, our world, they want to distract you all the time with, with do this, buy this, get this, timeshare. <laughs> it's like, oh, I got to do it all. And so I meet so many people who want to do it all like right now. They want to do it all right now. And, and so they, they're spread too thin. And they have two left over to really grow and invest, and then a four comes up. They got twice as much ability, twice as much talent, twice as much, but a four is kicking. It totally, it's like the four is whooping them because they're focused. Does that make sense? They're not distracted. Trust me with your time. Wake up. If you really woke up a little bit early, er, you know what I'm saying? And you spent time praying. You spent time investing. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, abs- it was like the opposite of what culture does. Like we stay up real late and we do four hours of TV and we're like, <sighs> and then we get up instead of doing like, like opposite that. And we actually believe that time with God was beneficial. Where, where my prayers were heard and that they mattered and my Bible study actually did something other than make me pronounce words I don't know how to pronounce. Does that make sense? And so-and-so begat so-and-so like I matter. I mean, I mean you know what I'm saying? Like, but it really meant something. Time. Then guess what? Our giving would be different. You see, so many moments in church are about the heart. And maybe they need to be about our money. Maybe they need to be about our wallet. Matthew chapter 6 verse 21 says, For wherever your treasure is, that is where your heart will be also. In other words, there's like if you pulled out your wallet, there would be a string at the end of that and your heart would be connected. Anybody used to live in an apartment? Or you rented? Come on. And then you bought a home? Come on, somebody. You in the apartment? And you're like, oh, man, they'll fix that. They'll fix that. But when you got your home, you're like, hey, get your feet down. What are you doing? This is my house. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't bump that. Don't scrape that. Oh, what are you doing with your hands? They're too sticky. Wrap them in a towel. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is my home. 
It's different. Wherever you invest your money, that's where you're going to invest your heart. And so here, here's the idea. I believe, which we would never do that, but, but if we were all to share our bank statements, you understand that it would make a statement. It would. It would make a statement because I believe, listen, there are people that want to grow and go deeper with the Lord, but you cannot grow and go deeper if there is no trust. I, 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 I married Katie because I loved her. I, beautiful, pretty, funny, laughed at everything I said. Come on, somebody, that's awesome. But when we got married, our trust had like limits. We had to grow this thing. Does that make sense? Like we had to grow. Like I thought, we're walking down the aisle. Woo! This is it. This is it. This is it. And then all of a sudden, she would say something. And I'm like, why are you thinking that? You're Elo. And she's thinking, why are you doing that? You're Elo. And we had to learn, listen, to trust each other. Can I get, tell you, just because you get saved doesn't mean that you have the full capacity of trust in your father. Money sends a message about what we value. See, there are five areas, all of us in, 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 in our church, that we, there are people who are struggling. There are people who are surviving. There are people who are tithing. There are people who are generous. Listen, and there are people who are extremely generous. Our goal is to move, and I believe our spiritual maturity is moving toward, how can I move toward extremely generous? Go back to the other slide real quick, just real quick, and we'll put this one back. We'll kind of go back and forth. The goal of our life isn't money. Money's not bad. It just can't be a master. The goal of our life is that we have something to give. Does that make sense? And so if we want to break the condition of, of poverty, and, and I say this because this is where I was at. This is where I was at. When, when, when Kate and I got married, she had so many awesome financial, uh, uh, she, her financial intelligence was way uh, more advanced than mine. I had been a part of a home being repossessed, a car being repossessed. I was at college, and they're like, hey, man, they're taking your car. You're like, what? Really? That's crazy. Bring it back. But I knew. <laughs> I didn't pay the bill. <laughs> this pro they probably want it back. You know what I'm saying? When Katie and I started dating, man, I was like, girl, what you want? I remember our first date. I bought, a, I bought her a meal. I bought me a meal. We bought an appetizer and a dessert. And she actually looked at me and she goes, you know what? I'm so excited. This is the first time I've ever had a meal where I didn't share it. And I was like, were you abused? Your parents never bought you a full meal? And, 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 and she was like, well, we just, we just kind of, you know, we knew we wouldn't eat it all. And so we just kind of lived on a budget. And I was like, oh God, what are you talking about? for lamos. <laughs> then we started like making a budget. <laughs> and, and here's the deal. I began to see arts moving from struggling to surviving to tithing to generous 
to extremely, come on, generous. For us to become truly generous people, we have to become a trusting people. This means that we have to practice obedience. God has taught us, listen, if we will manage our money, money is a tool, it's nothing more, but if we'll manage it, God will bless. Does that make sense? God is always looking for people. God is not up in heaven going, don't, don't do that. Don't give to that person. Don't help people. I've only given you so much, there's no more. I only made this much land. <laughs> Y'all are going to have to make me create an island. Like, like those aren't God's thoughts. Genesis chapter 4, let me show you what I'm talking about. We say first and best a lot here, and I want you to see this. Genesis chapter 4, it says, there's so much theology in this. I'm, I'm gonna, I want to kind of break down this verse here. And Adam knew Eve, his wife. She conceived and bore Cain, saying, I've gotten a man with the help of the Lord. Can I just tell you this real quick? Um, um, there is this idea when people follow the Lord that when good things come, we let God know. Come on, maybe this last year you got a, a pay increase, you got a new position, you got a new car, you got, you got, and all of those things maybe seem small, but I just think that every time you have a moment where you move into more territory, that is a moment where you go, thank you, God. Like here, this woman is birthing a son, and in birthing the son, she's like, hey, thank you. Hey, thank you. She conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man from the help of the Lord. And again, she bore another brother, Abel. And Abel was the keeper of the sheep. Cain worked the ground. And in the course of time, in the course of time, in the course of time, say this with me, in the course of time. One, two, three. That's great. Y'all are so good. So good. All right. Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel brought the firstborn of his flock, and their fat portions. And the Lord God had regard for Abel's offering, but Cain and his offering, there was no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why has your face fallen? If you do well, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, listen to this, Sin is crouching by the door, and its desire is contrary to you. In other words, you, it's going to move you in a way you don't want to go. You must rule over, come on, help me. You must rule over it. You must rule over it. There's so much theology in this. Can I tell you this, that w this verse is telling us that you have dominion. Like the thoughts that you're thinking don't just have to be there. You have dominion. And God goes to Cain and says, bro, the thoughts that you're thinking, the thoughts that are being contemplated, the rejection that you're dealing with, you are frustrated that I did not receive what you gave me, but listen to what 
it's not about what you did, it's about what I require. I require first and best. I don't like Abel more than you, but Abel, your younger brother, gave me what was first, and in time, you decided to give me what you wanted. You're the older brother, and in the, over the course of time, you just kind of put together this fruit basket and said, here you go, God. Isn't that good? And you rejected it. Why? Okay, so we've got to remember, God's not a hard father. Okay? And I had a hard time with this verse when I was younger because I was like, why would a father? But I don't understand that. <coughs> but here's the issue. The issue was that God knew that Cain didn't trust him. And so by him not accepting, listen, what was given, what was really in his heart could come out. Cain, look at all this. And he did not steer it. He did not deal with it. And what happened? I'm going to tell you something. Anytime you don't deal with what's going on in here and you let it just fester and you let it just ride and you let it just go, just know something. Relationships are going to be destroyed. And, 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 and before I get back to this, can I, can I just say one thing? This was the first family. Adam, Eve, Cain, and Abel. Let's not be a church that judges Parents for what happens with their kids. Let's just love people. Let's just pray for people. Let's just stand in the gap. Come on, somebody, with people. Because everybody's got an opinion of what everybody should have done. Does that make sense? Here is what I want to tell you. Should Eve have seen this in her son? Should uh, Adam had seen this uh, little thing rising up in Cain? Should they have dealt with it at 6, 7, and 8? Maybe so. But they did the best they could. You can't tell me that they didn't. But no matter how great the parent is, a child will have to deal with their heart. A child will have to deal with their heart. Does this make sense? And so can I just tell you, children, deal with your heart. Because it will move you into a relationship or it will move you out. Deal with your heart. Deal with your heart. It's not about that one life group. Well, I went to that life group and you know what? No, but uh, let me tell you something. Were they there? Was it open? Did they have food? Did they put a mat out? Was it say welcome? Or did it say you're, everybody's welcome but you? And it had your name and your face. And darts. Listen to what I'm saying. Well, if they would have been a better life group leader, I understand that, and probably so, but the truth of the matter is, if people are doing the best they can, it is on the individual's heart. Come on, does this make sense? It's on the children's heart. It's on your heart. Can we talk about churches? I'm coming for you. Well, you know, that church... If the church did better, people would be less hurt. 
Here's how you know you're in a good environment. When you begin to share hurt, do you get a wall? Or do you get a, I mean, I'm sorry that happened. How can we heal it? But if you think that you're going to do relationship with anybody and everybody's not going to have to work on their heart, they are. And you can't tell me that Adam and Eve did not want their boys to love each other. But one chose, I'm going to give God the best. And the other one, come on, I'm going to do what I want. And I'm going to do what I want. It won't thrive. It won't. It never will. Cain's over in his room in the rock cave. Abel comes up, so what did God say about your, uh, your offering? Shut up, Abel. No, what, what did he say? I want to know. I know. He accepted mine. He thought it was great. Shut up, Abel. Well, why are you so mad, dude? Well, what's going on? I mean, me, and, me and God are just, we're just not, we're just not on, on terms right now. We're just, we're just, I'm just mad. Well, why are you mad? Shut up, Abel. I'll pick up this rock and I'll really hurt you bad. Come on. This makes sense. How do I know that? I have four kids. Go on and put some M&Ms up in the middle of them. We, we fighting. Little demon. I'm not professing anything. I'm just saying the thing comes out. I'm like, what happened to you? I'm like, I guess I, I, don't, I don't need to watch Freddy. I see it. I'm like, the peace was in the house, and all of a sudden, we have one little bowl of cereal left, and it, it gets real up in here. Yesterday, yesterday, there was one biscuit left. One biscuit. Over a biscuit, we went from, oh, this is a wonderful place to live, to, I, hey, you always take the last minute. Whoa, time out. Where'd all that come from? Baby, there are more biscuits. I'll go get you a biscuit. In my house, there are many biscuits. Why are we, come on, why are we fighting over a biscuit? Like, we're about to pick up the fork over a biscuit. We're going to lose one here over a biscuit? Come on, is this real? Some of y'all are like, y'all been in my house? No. <laughs> they both on the outside looked really the same. They both came to worship God. They both came to give. They both wanted what they had to be accepted. But one had a different heart. One had a different heart. Hebrews chapter 11, 4 gives us an insight to this story. It says, by faith... Abel offered a more excellent, what, say it with me, sacrifice. He, oh, by an excellent sacrifice. So by faith, Abel didn't know there was going to be a reward. He just by faith did it. And here's why walls go up when we begin to talk about giving or money or, or joining a life group or jumping on the team or making more time. Because here's the deal. It is a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice. Abel made the sacrifice. Cain didn't. God only receives the best. And when we come to give, come on, we got to do it the way he authors it. And we want to give him our best. 
our first, our highest quality. This is not hard to understand. Come on. When you're working on a project at work, do you want someone giving their best? Or do you want someone giving their leftovers? Come on, you can learn a lot of real lessons at the park. When I lace these bad boys up and I get on the basketball court, let me tell you something. It ain't pretty. But there's an expectation that I'm going to give all that I have if I want to be picked up. Usually I can do that for one, one game. One game. Listen, Katie and I, when we get paid, we tithe out of the first. It is the first and the best, and that is blessed. Ten, right off the top. Then we save ten. So you'll hear me say a lot of times, ten, ten, eighty. We live on eighty. We give ten to the Lord. I don't ever work without paying myself. What does that mean? I put that in savings. Ten, ten, eighty. The Bible says don't live to the ends of your means. Where do you see that at? Come on. We can buy some chips. And them chips are gone. Nobody's waiting. Wow, I think I should take enough for every day of the week. And I will baggy them so that I can have a taste of chip on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. No. It's like it's going to be, oh, that was great. And we're consuming what God has given us, and there is none left. Come on, does this make sense? For us, as we end today, generosity starts with trust. There are a ton of messages that I believe will change your life. ton of understanding and secrets. Opening up an invitation to receive Jesus water baptism, the infilling power of the Holy Spirit, all of these are huge. But here's the deal. All of that puts us in a receiving posture. You were given to, and God's nature is a giver, and all through this book he is giving. And can I tell you, God don't raise no stingy kids. It's all in here. It's all in here. As we begin to end, um, when I was mentioning our family, this is probably yours too, um, I got this one image that God just kind of downloaded. We were, it was a couple years ago. One of my kids had M&Ms, and one of the kids came in and said, oh, can I have some? Let me just have two. No! I mean, just like, okay. As we begin to talk and we begin to deal with it, here is what that moment revealed. It revealed that there was fear I wasn't going to have enough. Fear I would run out. Fear. Can I tell you that your relationship with God will never move to where it needs to move if fear is the thing holding back? Come on, does that make sense? What God has asked us to do. Ben, y'all go ahead and come up. Many of us here, this has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with M&Ms. God says that if you become a giver, more will come to you. If you become a giver, more will come to you. And so here's the thing. Yesterday, I, I, I told you I posted this thing about 
singles, and I've been, think, been it's been heavy on me over the last couple months. And here is what I know, is that money for us has been a physical, tangible sign of breakthrough that we needed to walk through in our own lives. Because I believe that many times in the Word, God gives us seed to grow. So if we cannot grow, there is something oppressing that growth. Does that make sense? And so as we begin to walk through this, we realized that we had a, we had a poverty mindset. We believed that we wouldn't have enough. We believed that if I gave, we believed all. I mean, I mean, and, and, and since that time, God has walked us through a journey. And I'm telling you, we would have never left Hot Springs to start this church by faith if God hadn't started the recipe of giving in our life. I remember the first time, and this is not bragging on me, I'm, not, I'm just telling you the story, okay? This is not a, uh, a prescription, it's just a description. When God asked us to give away the first car we gave away, we've given away four or five. The first one, I was like, give away this car. I'm like, you, I'm, that car right there is not worth much, but I can get $1,500 for it. Give it away. And then we would talk and we would cry. And this is so stupid. And then we would do it. And then she would come back a year later and go, I think we need to give our next car away. And I was like, we already did that. <laughs> Check, bucket list. That's good. Like, we're good Christians. We did it. <laughs> Let's do it again. I don't want to. Did it again. And I did not know, listen, I did not know here what God was doing here. But we were not going to grow as a church if the pastors of the church did not flow in generosity. And over this year, we've been able to give $40,000 from our church to different ministries. But if I didn't understand here what God was going to do, then it would never, does that make sense? It would have, it would have stifled everything and nothing would have grown. What does God want to do in your life? In your life, where's the trust issue? Marrieds, stop asking yourself if they're the right person and you become the right person. Singles, I don't ever want you to feel like you have to get married to be important. You are valuable. You are loved by God. Come on, somebody. God has a plan for your life, and the truth is very clear. If you're single, man, you got so much time and energy. The kingdom can advance. There is some vision, come on, in your life. God is not done with you. You're not waiting in, in, in the purgatory of singleness before I get there. Come on, God's got a plan for you right now today. But trust trust will keep you believing that you never have enough and the church is full of I never got enough opportunity I never got enough time I never got enough 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 I never got enough, never got enough. and that is not 
the kingdom. The kingdom is, there is all you need. Come on, does this make sense? And so we're going to sing this over you. And as they do, I believe just things are going to start breaking. Because in, in the last service, we had countless hands go up that said, you know what? Really, I have some trust issues. And the truth is, so did we. You guys stand up with me. Stand up with me. Y'all, y'all begin to sing this. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.